1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans and Scotty right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network as we're live here at uh, Murdoch Hyundai up here in Logan. And excited to be joined by Tony Castercone today, Scotty, because, man, we've got so many different things we've got to get into for this weekend's matchup with Utah. Tony, how are you? I'm good, gents. How are you today? Uh, we're doing all right. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this showdown, Utah and Washington. Uh, obviously, this is probably the biggest game in the uh, in the uh, Pac-12, uh, determining uh, both teams' fates. Where are you with Washington right now with this team? That you know, it seems like they're ready to make that jump, but every now and then they just can't seem to gain a whole lot of momentum. But but what is the what is the feel in Washington? What are the expectations for this team? Well, I, my personal expectations were, were about this. I, I thought that there was a really wide range of, of results that we could end up with this year. You lose the team's all-time leading passer, the team's all-time leading rusher, and you return two starters on defense. So, like, I'm coming into this year and also looking at the strength of the Pac-12, looking at a whole lot of tough teams on the schedule, but those um, many of those tough games are at home, and you're just looking at this like, well, what could you possibly expect? I, I, I mean, you know, seven and five wouldn't have shocked me. Twelve and zero wouldn't have shocked me. Like there was a, I, there was a really wide range of how this thing could go. And, and I, I think I really just kind of felt like, with those tough opponents they had, there are going to be a, a handful of plays in the fourth quarter of games that would decide if this team was going to be a playoff team or if they were going to be a. You know, maybe a red box bowl team. Like, I mean, it's really it's that fine line. And unfortunately for for the Huskies, I think it, you know the game against Cal, the game against Oregon, you're one play away, and that one play doesn't go your way. Mm. But I, I think that being said, I think they can compete with anybody. And I, I think that um, you know it's a very talented team coming off a of bye week. Chris Peterson teams are 14 and 0 in his career when he's got 12 or more days to prepare for a game. So um, you know I, I think this bye week comes at a good time. They've dealt with some injury problems and everything else. They were also the last Power Five team in the country to get their bye week. So I do think they were maybe running out of gas a little bit toward the end of the run. Um, and so the bye comes at a really good time. So, Tony, we've seen them match up, like you mentioned, against Oregon. Uh, we saw a matchup against USC and got a nice win against the USC team that, that beat Utah. I, I want you to kind of envision what Utah does offensively, the power run, working off the power run. They've taken a lot of the RPO out. They're just calling downfield plays. And I want you to envision what they do offensively and tell me how well Washington's defense can match up against this offense. Well, it's a concern from our standpoint because I think the one thing that you're missing that you had in years past was an ability to stop the run. And um, now I think they might have to be creative in the ways that they want to do that. Um, you don't want to predictably load up the box and give Tyler Huntley a chance to beat you over the top the way that he's proven he's capable of doing. But this team has not stopped the run the way that they have earlier in the Chris Peterson era. Coming into the season, um, they had always, in the Chris Peterson era, ranked in the top 25 in the nation in fewest yards per carry allowed. This year, they're right in the middle of the nation, right around 65th. And so um, you got teams like Chris Brown at Cal able to run the football. Um, you know, it, it was Cyrus Habibi Likio, the bigger back who came in against Oregon, able to run the football. 
And Stanford, Cameron Scarlett, they, they weren't able to stop him. He had 150 yards. And so Washington's going to have to figure out a way to stop this power running game of Utah in order to get the win. I think the thing is they are coming off a bye. They should be a little bit fresher. They are experimenting with some things at that inside linebacker position to, to, to help create some depth. But what you're looking at is, is two seniors who didn't play much in the first three years of their career. Those are your starting inside linebackers. And then behind them, it's nothing but freshmen. Like, only freshmen. I mean, it's a very inexperienced room. And there were some things that led to that. Uh, they had Ale Cajo, a five-star recruit, who uh, got to campus – and then it just didn't work out for him for whatever reason. He decided he wanted out of his letter of intent. He transferred to Alabama, and he's now playing for the Crimson Tide. Also, DJ Beavers, a guy who did play for four years, who really was an impact player at inside linebacker. He had to medically retire, just continue to deal with Achilles injuries throughout his career. And so Huskies are thin, thinner than they'd want to be at that position, and they have struggled to stop the run. When you look at uh, some wide receivers, a young wide receiver core, but uh, a kid who just grew up down the road from where we're at right now, hmm. Puka Nakua, who went from Orem, has come on strong over the last couple games. Uh, how has he helped bolster that unit, and uh, what do you expect from them going forward? Yeah, I, I think he, he really is explosive, and uh, uh, you know they, they really feel like the sky is the limit for him, and it's going to be a fun matchup to watch uh, with him going up against his brother Samson for Utah. Uh, both wide receivers, but I think um, it's really been less about one guy like Puka and been more about the depth that they're trying to establish at that room. Uh, they've had 12 different pass catchers in the past two games, and part of that is due to injuries. The, the favorite target all year has been Aaron Fuller, but he's not 100% right now, didn't play much against Oregon, and so it's kind of forced the Huskies to try to find some other uh, alternatives. They do like to throw to the tight end quite a bit. They've got a couple good pass catchers there in Hunter Bryant and Kate Auten. And so I think just trying to be versatile in the passing game um, and, and trying to be multiple with the different things that they do is really what the goal is for, for a very good quarterback in Jacob Eason, a guy that, that really, by all accounts, is, is headed to a, a career at the next level. Tony, how's the overall health of the team been? Are you guys replacing offensive linemen? Have you have you had any issues at the running back position, or is this a healthy offense that's coming into the stadium tomorrow? You know, the, the offensive line has been pretty healthy. Nick Harris, the, the senior and really the anchor of the offensive line, a, a co-captain, has dealt with some injury things throughout his career. Um, but, you know, his backup, Mateo Mele, a youngster, has done well when he's been called upon. Harris did play against Oregon. I do expect him to play uh, tomorrow. Also at right guard, Jackson Kirkland got a little bit dinged uh, against Arizona, but he did play against Oregon. Other than that, this line has stayed healthy this year, and that's a good thing for the Huskies. They're a veteran offensive line. I like to say four and a half returning starters because you got – uh, one guy who left to the NFL last year, but but two guys who, who shared time at, at the left tackle position, who are both starting now at, at the two tackle spots. So um, it's a it's a healthy line. I think it's I think it's as healthy as you could hope to be heading into the month of November at the running back position. You're really missing Richard Newton. He was an exciting freshman who I think has the potential to be the best back in the Pac-12 in his career. 
but he got injured against Stanford, and I don't expect him to go tomorrow. Sean McGrew provides some depth at the running back position. He did not go against Oregon. I think he might go tomorrow. And uh, Savan Ahmed is is really kind of the, the veteran of the group, the junior, um, the incumbent at running back, and the guy who uh, really has the, the most explosiveness and, and, and really provides the home run threat. You know, Ahmed's been over uh, 23 carries over the last two games. Uh, with some of that help coming back, do you anticipate those carries coming back down a little bit if they can get some other guys healthy and uh, spread the wealth around a little bit? Possibly. And, and they also have a true freshman in Cam Davis who made his Husky debut against Oregon, and they really like his potential four-star recruit out of California. And, and he's practiced and, and gotten quite a few reps here recently as well. So I, I don't know that 23 is too much for Ahmed. Um, it's more than he's used to. He's more that home run, you know, threat, and and you'd like him to be fresh, and you'd like him not to have thirty carries if if, if um, that's the threat that you'd like him to pose. But I, I do think he's capable of carrying a load like that. Uh, I think it's going to just be a, a feel the game out and, and see what happens. You know, Utah's defense presents so many different challenges that I do think you need to be flexible with your game plan. I mean, Cal had 43 snaps that they ran in the game last week. 43 snaps. Like, that's crazy, right? And so um, I think that uh, – I'm not really sure I, I, how, what, what kind of game plan to expect out of the Husky offense this week. I know that they want to set up a ground game so that the play action works and then they you know can go over the top with some of their speed on the outside. But – in order to be able to do that, you got to establish a ground game, which is hard to do against the number one rushing defense in the country. So I, I think it's a fascinating matchup. Tony, every year this is one of my favorite games, largely because Chris Peterson and Kyle Whittingham are such immense competitors. And mm-hmm. we've seen some crazy ones. You just go back to last year's Pac-12 championship game and the ball that bounced off the receiver's leg that went for a pick six. And you go back a couple mm-hmm. of years where there was a timeout called and an yep. extra play. And then Chris you know, Chris got really competitive and, and went outside the box and did some things to score. Just talk about... Your belief on how Chris Peterson perceives this Utah matchup and what he thinks of Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, he thinks the world of Kyle Whittingham. And he knows that when you play Utah, you better buckle up that chin strap pretty tight because it's going to be maybe the most physical game you play all season long. Certainly one of the most physical. Oregon is kind of like that, too. And and Oregon's a rivalry game. But I think Utah is kind of becoming a rivalry game. And, you know, it's, it's not lost on me you know, in my position and, and talking with fans and knowing what it's like for fans, that this has to be a game that Utah really, really wants because it, it's hard to play as well as Utah has against Washington the last three years and not come up with wins. I mean, those, those, those are bitter losses. They're hard to take. Yeah. And Utah's certainly capable. There's no question about that. So this is an important game for the Huskies. Uh, their their trajectory of this season is not where they'd like it to be. And yet, it's also kind of in some ways following a similar trajectory to the way last year's season went. You had an early loss that put you behind the eight ball. Then you had an October loss to Oregon, your rival. That one stings. And then you also had maybe an unexpected October loss in the Bay Area. Last year with Cal, this year at Stanford. So you kind of limp into November with three losses. You're unranked. 
and it's not where you want to be. But last year they ran the table in November, and that's what they're hoping to do this year. But it starts with a very difficult game at home against the ninth-ranked team in the country, and it's it's vitally important for this Husky season uh, if they you know want to want to go to a really quality bowl game, which is still out there for them. So I, I just find this to be a really fascinating matchup. Well, Tony, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, look forward to catching up again here very soon. Thank you, Tony. All right, thanks, guys. Tony uh, Castricone, uh, play-by-play voice of the Washington Huskies, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.